0: Welcome to Beyond Borders the world's first talk show made especially for English learners and global citizens with me, your host, Ethan. In every episode of this show, it is my job to guide you outside of the classroom and into the real world with life-changing insights from some of the world's best teachers, language learners, innovators, and leaders, all here to help you unleash your highest potential in your English and your life. So if you are ready to join our movement of millions and together create a world beyond borders, then let's get started with the show. Today, we're bringing you another Beyond Borders podcast special as we prepare for our next interview with Lindsay McMahon from All Ears English. This week, we've taken some of the most Powerful fragments from previous shows with Anna from English Fluency Journey, Hadar from Accents Way, Christina Lorimer, and Leo Gomez. You're going to love this special episode where Anna tells us about the immense benefit of having a support network for your learning. Then, Hadar shares her opinion on the often conflicting relationship many have with their identity when learning a new language. You won't want to miss that. Christina then expands on that idea while also relating it to her experience living in Spain. Finally comes Leo, a brilliant Brazilian English teacher, as he shares his experience learning the language. So Ana, in sharing her experience in being part of an online English community, tells us about her fears of being judged. Now, this is pretty remarkable when you consider Anna's English level. However, she shows us that when you're determined to achieve your purpose, you'll do whatever it takes to overcome your fears. And something else I've noticed a lot too is uh, at least I believe from our our research, is that you have used community a lot, right? You, you were a part of different communities. Now you have your own community on Facebook. Uh, and do you find that this was kind of helpful in giving you that support that you needed to start speaking to kind of overcome that barrier?
1: Mm, yeah, I got a lot of support. That was Hadar's community. I became a member and uh, I was terrified to post my first video, but uh, that was kind of, kind of the deal. You had to, you had to make a video and post it. And it, uh, it doesn't matter if it's good or not good. If you made a mistake or, or didn't make a mistake, you didn't have to be perfect. You just had to speak mm-hmm. So if you can do that, because for a lot of people, it sounds terrifying as well. And just to take a camera and record yourself speaking and then listen to yourself and then posting this somewhere is just, whoa, it's a nightmare. Like <laughs> they think that people will judge them and uh, will mock them and laugh at them. Um, but that wasn't the case in Hadar's community. She does a great job at managing all of this, you know, like there are almost, I would say, because there always is someone who's judging and criticizing, but they, there are very supportive people in in that community. And you can learn a lot just by talking to a camera, by posting a video and then getting a feedback.
0: I absolutely love that because it's it's a solution where I think it's a good sort of laddering or scaffolding to be able to get up to that point where you would start to have more conversations with people is if you can start recording yourself, it's kind of like, okay, it's just you and the camera. You don't need to worry about that, the camera judging you or anything. You can take your time. You can stop. You can do it again as many times as you need to and stuff. Yeah. And it almost is like a bridge from that point of, you know, you're not really speaking yet. You need to start speaking. You need to get that practice and stuff too. If you do that, and especially I think if you're putting it out there and stuff and you're having people watch then it's going to be much easier when you do get that opportunity to actually have a conversation with someone you'll sort of had that practice already in. So you'll be more prepared for that moment, right?
1: Yeah, right. And recording yourself, just talking to a camera and recording yourself is super helpful. Like You can analyze yourself. You don't have to post it. Nobody has to see it. This is for you. You're doing this for yourself. So just record yourself and then listen to yourself and be like, okay, I made a couple of mistakes. Maybe you, you can notice something about your pronunciation. You, you can, it just gives you the chance to understand what you need to work on because a lot of the times people just don't know, like, do I need to improve my grammar or maybe vocabulary or maybe my pronunciation or maybe everything at once or (laughs) like, We don't even know how we sound until we hear ourselves, so (laughs) that's important.
0: And I think people tend to underestimate how much they already know, so how many of your own mistakes you're going to be able to catch if you are recording yourself. If you're timid too, maybe you like just start with audio recording. You don't even have to start with the camera. You can work your way up to that, but starting just with recording your voice and listening back. And this is super awkward. I'm sure you probably had this experience at the very beginning, like (laughs) hearing your voice, right? Did you find that that awkwardness just went away because you pushed through it or did you have anything that helps you just to accept that more?
1: I just pushed through it. It was super awkward. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so weird seeing myself on a video, like listening to myself. I was like, whoa, is this how I sound? Like this is terrible. I don't like it at all. Like this is how I look. Oh my gosh. Like that was super weird for me. Um, but then I just pushed through and, um, I don't know. I just, I just knew that if I do the work, if I overcome something, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And it does. Right. So that's the truth. Just just simple truth. You just have to, you just have to keep going, push through, do the work, and then it becomes easier. And it's with everything.
0: Hey there, Real Lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live, learn, and even speak English in the real world. So, how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders talk show, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com app, that's A-P-P. Or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today. And let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah! So Anna said something that here at Real Life, we repeat over and over. If you make a mistake, never mind. You don't have to be perfect. What's important is that you speak in English. That's at the core of everything we do here at Real Life English. And that's even the reason why we have created the Real Life app so that you can speak English anytime and anywhere that you want. So now we'll listen to Hadar. This fragment of our conversation is actually a bit philosophical because I asked her what she thinks about the idea of adopting a new personality or identity when learning a new language. Let's listen. So I'm kind of curious about your opinion on this as far as kind of English learners, I think, or any language learner really, a lot of people, they, they feel almost like a conflict within themselves when when this happens, when they're, they're not able to carry over their identity that they feel in their first language, their second language. So what's your opinion as far as, like, should people try to, like, just lean into that and, and create some sort of new persona in that language, even if they don't come up with a new name or anything? Uh, or should they try to carry over and, like, really show their first persona in that they feel when they're speaking their native language?
2: The question of all questions, right? It's such an interesting conversation uh, to have because on one hand, I can tell you my story and my own personal journey. And, you know, Julia is a part of it, but also as an actress, you know, I used to be an actress for several years. What I was about was is assuming new characters, right? Like understanding how I find myself in different personalities or different characters. So that was something that was really natural to me because of my because of what I did. So doing that in my own personal life just felt like an extension of my profession in a way. I don't think it was necessarily good, but I think it had its advantages because I was really surrendering to to change. I was not resisting it. I was open to it. I was challenging myself So that was my story when like between the years of 20 and 30. And then I started teaching and I started coaching at the age of 20 when I moved back to Israel and started doing some language coaching and pronunciation coaching. And all of a sudden I realized that for the most part, for people who try to assume that new identity, it doesn't set them free. What it does is just inhibits them more than anything else. First of all, I do think that it's really challenging to immerse completely in a language where you don't uh, live in that culture or live in that country. It has nothing to do with fluency, by the way. right? Like, I absolutely think that you can gain fluency and work on your pronunciation in a way that you become clear and fluid. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that identity. So, When you try to assume an identity that you don't, that is not natural to you, that's what it's going to feel like, not natural. At the same time, like, I think that so much goes into the human being right like there's so much like your your personality and your psyche and your inner voice and even in our native language sometimes it's hard to understand what is what authenticity is right like when are you authentic when are you just trying to please the people around you so when we add that aspect of another language that's even more the case because you're like also thinking how people expect of you to sound and to speak so you're like again just trying to please other people cuz why do we want to assume a different identity? It's not that it's like this deep desire, it's not that it would be, you know, our deepest passion or fulfilling our dream ultimately, it's to fit in, right? To not experience bias and prejudice to not being judged for who you are and where you're from. It's about other people seeing you. And I think that is a problem because if you operate from this external point of view, what people think about you and how you sound and how you speak, then you will never feel authentic. You will never feel like you're fully expressing yourself because you're constantly operating from like this external standpoint. So I think that when you try to assume a different identity, if it's because you know you are afraid of the consequences of you being yourself, I think that it's a lot more limiting and inhibiting than owning up your sounds and mistakes and where you're from and your history, because also that is your power. That is who you are, right? And sometimes it's for better and sometimes it's for worse. We learn how to manage it. But when we try to hide a part of ourselves, and this is what happened to me with Julia, like, you know, when someone says my name, Hadar, it holds so much emotion and, and, and it's so charged. Where Julia was just another word. So when people used to call my name or say my name, it didn't have the same emotional reaction as when people say my real name, which is Hadar. So uh, I think that if we want to be complete, we have to come to peace with who we are, how we sound, and that is the secret for real freedom, the way I see it.
0: We're now going to listen to Christina, a true global citizen whose experiences living abroad changed her life. She also shares a quote that stuck with me, which ties right in with what Hadar was saying about the question of identity. So Christina said, when you're learning another language, you're adding something, you're not deleting. Let's give the floor to Christina. just based on seeing some of your experiences living abroad and I think especially it's interesting that you started with a rather dramatic experience living abroad but you you didn't give up and, and you you've continued, you continued, you got the bug anyway, right? You continued to study and live and work abroad. It's a great
3: way to put it. I did get the bug and I actually, I got it so bad that when I came back I switched my major. I was an art major when I went to Spain wow. And I went there to study art history, I was doing a drawing and a painting, like I had a portfolio, I was on my way down that path, I was, a had nothing to do with language learning. Um, and when I was in Spain, and it was so challenging, nothing has ever challenged me more than learning a new language, and especially the first one. Mm-hmm. And that did give me a bug. And I took so many classes. This is a a trip. I took so many classes at the Spanish university that I nearly finished a whole major (laughs) in a year. (laughs) I took so many because I was so obsessed with getting it right. I was so obsessed with being able to understand what was going on. So when I came back to my university in the States, I was like, oh, well, you can finish college semester early (laughs) or like stay here for another three because now you're an art major and that's how long these things take. So I said. So I ended up switching my. It changed the whole course of my life.
0: That's so interesting that I mean it can have such a huge impact. Obviously, learning a language, living abroad, and everything. So I mean it's amazing that you were able to make that happen out of out of that rough start that you had. Uh, So I was wondering out of that too. So many. I'm sure you've had students like this, the same as I have, and that you know that. Going to live abroad is not that magic pill that's going to instantly make you fluent, competent in the language, right? And a lot of people see it as that, that it's going to be that silver bullet. And they go and maybe they have an experience similar to your own. They they feel that loneliness and stuff, and they end up making friends with other people who speak their mother tongue because it's a very easy thing to do. You know, it's, it's comfortable, but then you fall into a trap, right? Of maybe just hanging out with those people rarely speaking the target language that you're trying to learn. So if someone, a Brazilian going to Canada, for example, just hanging out with other Brazilians and completely failing to learn English uh, when they come back to Brazil. So how have you avoided falling in this trap when you've lived abroad?
3: Um, You know, I mean, I think you have to have like a very judicious balance. Like I think you have to balance that out as much as you can, because Like, I tried to implement this extreme behavioral thing of like not speaking English at all, Mm -hmm. right? When I went to Spain. And I would not recommend that to anyone. And I would not do that again if I had to go back and do that, no matter how much maybe that helped me learn Spanish in the beginning. I'd actually don't think that it even did that much. But what we know. When you're learning another language, you're adding something. You're not deleting, and I think that's a common a common misunderstanding. People think, "Oh, I need to like delete my Portuguese in order to add in English." It's like, no. The goal here is for you to become bilingual or multilingual, and we're you know, we all have multiple identities in our everyday lives all the time. Um, you know, I'm not the same person with my mom that I am necessarily. <laughs> you know, with my best friend. Like, we all have multiple identities that we're juggling all the time my friends always joke that there was like a Spanish Christina and an English Christina and now a Portuguese Christina. And like, they're all just a little different. (laughs) Like one's a little happier. One seems a little bit more moody. Like, you know, they have all these different. And I like to play with that because that actually helps me um, change those in my brain. You know, I think there does need to be a balance, but I have been, I have had a lot of students who have, um, because I worked at a I worked at San Diego State University for three mm-hmm. or four years. And so I had a lot of Brazilian students come over through Ciencias Sin Fronteras, which is like a, at the time it was a government program. Sort of remained close with them during the program and after. And um, a lot of them did have this experience, you know, they they were, it was a little different because they were in a university setting. I feel like it's really easy to fall into um situation where you're sort of like only hanging out with other people who speak your language Mm -hmm. if it's something like a one-month you know program at one of those like downtown schools (laughs) you know English schools the university a little more was like required of them but still you know um I knew that they were disappointed to a certain extent because you know they came back with a level of English that wasn't what they had expected. That wasn't what they had maybe hoped for. Um, and a lot of it was because like all of their other activities, other than the actual English classes or the actual university classes were with other Brazilians. So, um, I would never dare to tell them like that you should not be hanging out with other Portuguese language speakers, or you shouldn't be hanging out with other Brazilians, but I would, you know, just push them again and this is hard because it's outside of your comfort zone but you know Uh what other kinds of activities can you do that is a little bit more on your own what's something that's you and not what's something that is you individually and not necessarily you culturally although I know it's Mm -hmm. hard to separate those but we all have interests Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do I mean I have things that I like that have nothing to do with the fact that I'm American you know Mm -hmm. so and seek those out
0: Last, but most definitely not least, is Leo Gomez. He's an extremely insightful teacher with a very philosophical mind. A big part of his unique approach to learning English is that he had to learn the language himself. So here I ask him about his own process.
4: I would say I learned the language by myself. I read extensively. I, like I said, I, I practiced a lot of listening through, you know, music. And of course, I studied the language in a very formal um, way, learning the grammar of the language. Um, I've I've read a lot of methodology books. I eventually took many courses. Um, but I think what really helped me with my English journey would be the fact that I was constantly applying everything that I had um, that I had learned. And I think I don't remember who said that. I think it was Richard Feynman. He 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 talks a lot about this idea of of knowledge and he said, you know, he says that you can know the name of the bird in all the languages of the world. But when you're finished, you know, absolutely nothing, whatever about the bird, you will know nothing about that bird. You will only know about humans in different places and what they call the bird. And I learned very early in my life, the difference between knowing the name of something and knowing something. So, in my in my learning journey it was always about becoming very aware of what people were saying paying attention to the choices that were making and thinking and trying to connect the choices that were making to the audience that they were speaking to and to the context in the situation i didn't take extra classes i didn't have anyone helping me um, it was mostly through pain suffering pushing myself doing the work you know? I I never try to do everything in one day, but every day I was focusing on that one thing that moved the needle. And I think that's a very important piece of advice for anyone who is trying to learn a language is don't try to do everything in a day, you know? Focus on what moves the needle. And I think James Clear talks a lot about that, getting 1% better, getting 1% better every day. That counts for a lot in the long run. So if you spend 1% of your day, devoting it to a foreign language that you're trying to learn. In a year, you will be in a completely different place. But the problem, Ethan, and you know this, and everyone probably listening to this or watching this will know, is that you don't see the changes. You don't see the results in a few days. And I think most people (laughs) are addicted to um, instant gratification. They want to study 1% and they want to see the results tomorrow. They go to the gym for a week and they want to have a six pack. It takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) You know, you don't have to do it all today. But if you can just lay one brick every single day, that's how you build an empire. And that's how you learn a language. So the the full answer to your question is I'm still learning every day. I'm still learning. So my English is constantly developing. I'm constantly finding ways to express myself in different ways.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find all the mentioned links and resources from this show on the show notes at reallifeglobal.com. It is also linked in the description of this episode. If English fluency is important to you, then remember to check out our Real Life app where you can practice listening to native speech and speak with other learners from around the world while also discovering new cultures. In addition to that, you can get a full interactive transcript and vocabulary for this interview. You will find that linked in the description or just search for Real Life English in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For now, remember that no matter what divides us, that which unites us is far greater. See you on the next show.